Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 121, Episode 1 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers and fuck Fox News. Hey, fuck you guys. Uh, it's Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Mr. Miles Gray, a.k.a. Thanks for smoking weed with Miles Gray at the DC Live Show. DC Live uh, Show. That was such a fun time. The, everything was great. We were Natalie McGill rest. killed it. Oh, my uh, God. The, the, the drunken Zeit gang after the show killed it. It was, <laughs> it was all fantastic. I would say DC all love. was one of the less drunk of the audience. Well, you know, the difference was there wasn't liquor being served in the show. Okay. When you that have beer be and wine only, yeah. you get a beer and wine vibes. People are drinking bread. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Versus Brooklyn, Vietnam. Wow. wow. When you have. Turned up, Brooklyn. Yeah, when you have like liquor flying out of the side of the stage. Yeah. yeah you know, people start screaming. Yeah. It was a good time. Both, both shows were a blast. Yeah, uh, this this tour has been so fun, uh, and it's ongoing. We will be in Minneapolis, February 25th, at the Parkway Theater with POS. We will be in Chicago at Sleeping Village with Daniel Van Kirk on February 27th. We will be in Toronto, February 28th, to close out the month, to close out the tour Ooh. at the Great Hall with Drake. For tickets, go to dailyzeitgeist.com and go to the live appearances tab for links to the tickets. We are thrilled to be joined with the comedian and journalist who joined us on stage in D.C. She is the talented, the hilarious Natalie McGill. What's up, Natalie? Ah, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being here. How are you? uh, How are you feeling after that show? Feeling pretty good after experiencing the whole the vibes. Yeah, that was that was awesome just to see like your whole like fan base come out, like especially uh, the dude that joined us like on stage. Uh, oh yeah, crispy yeah, meme donut, yeah, crispy Yamaguchi so man, nice. right? Yeah, crispy Yamaguchi man came out. He was there. He was the man, the myth, the legend in person, in the flesh. Yeah, now we need to meet Hannah Soltis. Now, and then yeah, we'll begin it. to really put the pieces together of right. the AKA gods and goddesses. But he came on stage, joined us, played a little game. Uh, I feel like I was not much help to him. Like he actually tweeted me after the show and he was like, like, thanks for your help in the game. I was yeah. like, I think I gave you all of the wrong answers. But I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was so sweet. It was yeah. <laughs> I the like, crowd did not help him. The no, crowd did not help a lot yeah. of no. wrong answers. A lot of wrong answers that was being a, like shouted a, at him like a That was prices right yeah, for prices sure. Right. <laughs> My favorite thing about these live shows is I'll invite people who like kind of listen to the show are friends with me right uh you know like just good friends who you have lives going on i don't, count, I don't just expect everybody to listen to the show and then after it's like wow like a lot of people came huh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's weird for people think it was i mean it's weird <laughs> so for insulting. us to like see our fans so <laughs> very weird because yeah. yeah like we you know we do this and we're in a hotel, hotel room. room right now yeah. with four people five yeah. people four people and yeah, wait, we wait, we're on, not used hiding to. All right, I can't <laughs> tell you, but there's there's somebody's gonna pop out behind you. Oh boy, in the middle so, of the show. Yeah, I say. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's super cool to meet all you guys in person. Uh, but yeah, it's also cool to 
a surprise like my sister-in-law was at the show last <laughs> night oh, and really? she literally said to one of our fans she was like listener. yeah one of the listeners she turned around and was like wait do you know who these guys are like you know them like have you you've you're here intentionally before? like you're you didn't just wander in <laughs> off yeah. the street and just that it was just really cold outside yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh wow shout out to becky lee though yeah it's <laughs> always good to impress the in-laws yeah uh and yeah thank you guys for uh for coming out uh natalie we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about uh we're gonna talk about james carville and bernie sanders just the overall war of words uh we're gonna talk about uh some of the wrong heads rolling from the iowa fuck up we're gonna talk about trump's heightest attacks on short king Mike Bloomberg. Uh, we're going to talk about the ongoing Saturday Night Massacre uh, that Trump is working his way through. Uh, we're going to talk about coronavirus. What, what was Nick's headline that he texted us Wuhan last night? Wuhan got you all in Wuhan check. Wuhan got you all in check. <laughs> oh, wow, that's pretty a good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wacky promo check in. We got a. Ring that you can propose with that is made of Crystal Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> what? That's right. We'll explore that. We'll have to unpack yeah, that a yeah. little bit more. We'll unpack that later. Uh, the Hunt has been uncanceled. That movie that uh, was supposed to be controversial and about uh, liberals hunting deplorables. Uh, we're going to look at that, look at why that might not be exactly what we all thought. And we will look at Robert Pattinson in the Batman suit. He looks he looks like Batman. Looks the part. Yeah. Although I'm gonna come with a hot take. All right. Well, save, save I, your yeah. skating. All right. All right. Save your magma Woo! level take for then. If I can, I is will this magma level? Where magma. on the hot heat? Where is it? Where is it yeah. coming in? Fire Super magma extra nuclear uh, meltdown. Oh, also for all science side gang, tell us what is the hottest material on Earth so we can actually put together a hot take. Gotta be meter. plasma, right? Isn't it? I don't What's know. the sun made of? Uh, Hydrogen plasma. I don't know. Who yeah. gives? What, a, what am I, a <laughs> hey, sunologist? Hey, Natalie, here's another touch, question for you. Who gives a shit? Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's ask. Hydrogen, baby. Seventy percent hydrogen, twenty-eight yeah. percent helium. Flaming hydrogen take. <laughs> Center of the sun. Uh, but first, Natalie, we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are. Uh, I would say theme song to the golden girls i like i like tv theme songs or i like old stuff in general like i listen to a lot of the music that my parents listen to i like a lot of old tv so golden girls obviously is one of my favorite shows uh night court is one of my favorite shows also has a really awesome theme song uh well like theme music like there are lyrics to the night court yeah i was trying to picture the night court theme song and all i could hear was the law and order theme song it does have a click click at the end of it it's like wait isn't what you were just singing the i just did law and order okay yeah hold on let me just play it right now just yeah yeah oh shit yeah yeah. Oh yeah! I yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a joy. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we fucking yeah. made this Steely Dan or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking wow, the goes, vibes. Yeah. Also, the thing I love about, especially like TV theme songs, is just like it shows you like everybody's personality in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Right. It's always like somebody like 
bumbling with something right. like that. <laughs> like, right. like books fall to somebody's locker into somebody's face and then they turn and then yeah. it's their name. Just missing like, a cab by a second. Yeah. Oh, oh, it. It. Damn it. Curb splash water. Right. Oh. <laughs> like, Everybody, I know everything I need to know about you already. Yeah. Right. Everybody should have that like on their phone, just a 15 second clip of them, like their TV theme right. song where it's just like, here's my general vibe. I think that should be the new Tinder profiles. Right. Is reduce your personality to what you're like sort of block would be in a old sitcom intro. <laughs> was, it, was the Golden Girls theme song Thank You for Being a Friend? Yes, that is the one. That's like a little bit uh, sentimental for that show because the show is just like great jokes ripping people apart. Oh right? yeah, they rip each other the shreds on so that mean. show. And then it's like, thank the you for being a friend. But at the end of the day, you know? It's yeah, at the end of the day, they love each other. After calling each other sluts for like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Blanche. Yeah, <laughs> Blanche Devereaux. She, she earned the she earned the moniker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she put she in the work. Not, we need to put her name back into the zeitgeist. You yeah. know what I mean? People, are, we're still talking too much about Sex in the City characters. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Blanche is the real. What? What we, was? Why uh, haven't we rebooted Golden Girls yet? Because you can't yeah, touch Golden yeah, Girls. Yeah, but that's you know how greedy these people are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like uh, the 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 day they do that is the day I'm gonna lose my. They mind. should just re- <laughs> they should just remaster it or. Something. Something. Or just deep fake it. Right. You know what I mean? Get good writers to keep writing episodes, but you still have the same faces and right. people in it. Oh, wow. oh, that actually would be really cool. I would that would be that. dark, but <laughs> you know what? I would watch that. Were they all widowers? Um, widows. Widow. Actually, no. So, widows. That's so, right. So Dorothy Zborn- Zbornak, um, B. Arthur's character, like she was divorced. Like so, she was cheated on after like thirty-eight years of marriage. So she was the only one that wasn't widowed. Everybody else was. Oh yeah, and her ex-husband was oh, an yeah. asshole. Yeah, he was a jerk. Just a real he was doofus. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great. That's a great search history. Uh, what is something that you think is overrated? Uh, American cheese. Especially the the single slices. <laughs> so okay, so here here's what okay, so one of my like old roommates uh, just became an American citizen mm-hmm. uh, okay. about like a month or two ago, and his wife, one of my really good friends, she held like a party, like a celebration party for him. And one of the things that they asked, she asked the guests to do was to write down like a piece of advice for a new American or or something to keep mm-hmm. in mind. And so my advice to him was like, do not feel obligated to buy American cheese Mm. for a cookout. Like it's not going to make you any less patriotic (laughs) if you get like provolone or something else because it's so bad. At least that's just my opinion. It's really bland. It's it's context cheese. Yeah. You know, I'm never like, it, it doesn't work on its own. No. You know, you never, it's never, you'd be like, oh, a cheese board. Thank God there's some craft singles next like, to the yeah. Gorgonzola. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. never like that. A, a grilled cheese, fine. Yeah, that's grilled just, cheese, yes. It's, I, a, it's in the context right. of that's fine. I don't fine. even like it for grilled cheese, but I do oh, think really? it's the superior cheese for a cheeseburger. I think. Well, that's the thing. Really? You're, yeah. I feel like hmm. we're programmed to think like that is what should go on a burger. Thank you. Go at off. A cook yeah. off. Yeah, cook Talk about this program. Yeah, and, uh, and I, there's so many other or cook off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bay, Bay Ridge style. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like again, it's context. Other than that, I'm yeah, I'm 100 percent not yeah. like don't. Mm-mm. And you can get single slices of better cheese. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's just well, right. people don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or or refuse to look. I don't know. I think. Or that's you'd my be opinion. surprised. You go to your deli mm-hmm. and have them slice it there. <laughs> The world is yours. Well, I've never seen like an American cheese loaf. I've never seen uh, somebody like. Well, cut- no, I meant like if you, if you want like cheddar, because sometimes <laughs> yeah, if you buy it pre-packaged, true, yeah. it's right. expensive. But if you go to the deli counter, have them slice it. It's yeah. way cheaper. 
Yeah, is that fair. true? It's yeah. cheapest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, versus I like if you more get, expensive. No, if you get like a Sargento, like right, pre-sliced, yeah. like yeah. like you know stuff, that's like four or five bucks or yeah. something. Yeah. And you yeah. only get like eight slices. Yeah. But if you don't cheese. open the package, you can keep it for like a year. I'm always surprised when you buy a bag <laughs> of shredded cheese. <laughs> yeah. And it's like used by. I don't know, like thir- 20, 30? Late 20s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like- Late 20s, early 30s? <laughs> I can attest to the freshness of that because I used to do, um, so for my birthday, I used to do these like cartoon sandwich birthday parties where I like, the idea was to make, it, like our guests could make sandwiches that were as tall as the ones on Scooby-Doo. Oh. <laughs> I would like give you all of the materials that you needed That's to a- make I it. it. All I just asked you to do was bring booze Right. And or soda or whatever you want. Right. But I will bring everything you need to make. And so I would get all those packs of cheese like Sargento. Like that was the only time I would splurge was like for right. that. But then, of course, like I would overbuy. And so there would just be like packs of cheese that was sitting in my Ooh. fridge for like months. But then I was like, this still looks good. Yeah. Like right. it was like it was shrink wrapped. Like yeah, great. I will I eat cheese it. up until the point that I just cut the, the whole off. surface area is covered. Cut in, the mold yeah. off. Baby. You can just cut the mold off and cut then the it's perfect off, on the inside. Yeah. Actually, Food scientists, if we have any like or just yeah, any I'm not here doctors to, yeah, out there, I'm not here to spread any. Please myths. reach out to us and let us know. Like, can is it okay to eat cheese if you just cut the mold part off? That doesn't seem like it should be right because I, that that just seems like we're just covering covering up the visual evidence. Mold generally can't penetrate far into the hard and semi soft cheese such as cheddar, Colby, Parmesan, and Swiss. So you can cut away the moldy part and eat the rest of the cheese. Cut off at least one inch around and below the moldy spot. I do that. These molds are safe for healthy adults to eat. (laughs) (laughs) For all food. For all foods. (laughs) That's that's from what the Mayo Clinic says. Like bread, I won't fuck with it if it starts getting moldy anywhere. I won't be like, all right, cut that mold off. And my mom used to do that. She'll be like, just cut the mold off. I guess you could like batter it up and make it into French toast. Well, not the mold. Yeah, cut the mold off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cut the mold off and then make French toast out of the mold pieces. We don't we don't treat. Milk like that, where we're like, get the chunks out of there and then drink the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all bad. It all goes bad at once. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Uh, the show, the reboot of One Day at a Time on Netflix. Okay, I think that is an underrated thing. Um, so, so it's a like I said, I like old stuff. Right. So, so it was a reboot of the original One Day at a Time that was on in the seventies. It was like Valerie Bertinelli, Mackenzie Phillips, and it was like a about a single mom raising single divorce mom raising two teenage daughters. And then they did a revamp for Netflix, right? Uh, where now the family instead of a white family, it's a Cuban family. Uh, so still a single mom, but she has a, a daughter and a son, and the daughter just came out. Um, and then she's uh, like a military vet, you know, suffering from PTSD is like trying to become like a, the daughter is no, the, um, the mom mom. is the mom is. Yeah. And so this was on Netflix for, for three seasons, but like they had to fight like, uh, like all good shows on Netflix. Like they had to fight like, Hey, like we need people to like show up and like watch Watch this, you know, because like if Netflix sees this, then, you know, we'll get renewed. And so it was like a fight every season to get like back on and then netflix ended up dropping them and then but then another network called pop tv ended up picking them up so now they're gonna have a fourth season but i just felt so mad because it's such a good show it's one of those things where i don't binge stuff very often but that was one show where i watched like at least 10 episodes in like one sitting and then i'm like crying in the middle of it because like there's oh like i I, it's really emotional like it's a really funny show but it's also really emotional especially the the story arc that involves the daughter coming out because mm-hmm. it's a Cuban family so she ends up celebrating like her quinceanera 
and not to give it away like sorry spoiler alert for people who are listening if they want to watch it but uh skip ahead three minutes yeah skip ahead three minutes yeah. but um <laughs> Yeah, so the most of the first season revolves around her uh, getting ready for a quinceanera. Um, and she's also coming out at the same time, mm. you know. And uh, her her dad, you know, because her mom is divorced, like, finds out that she's gay and, like, not a fan of it. And so at the quinceanera, uh, like, there's, a, like, a father-daughter dance that, like, comes up. And so yeah. she goes out, like, the announcer is like, okay, it's time for the father-daughter dance. And she goes out there and her dad is gone. Oh. She bol- like he bolted and she's like just standing out there like by herself and then her mom like sees what's happening and then she goes out and she's like I got you and she's like dancing with her and then the entire family comes out on the dance floor oh, and man. joins her Come it was on. so I was like is on that, my bed crying yeah that oh, was no. the finale, finale oh, of the yes. first season so oh, it's man. like there are parts of it are like absolutely hysterical and there are other parts where I'm just like <laughs> balling yeah, <you're> like, <laughs> like in the fetal position is it is it like a three camera sitcom like it's like a s- um, on a stage it's like thing? like traditional sitcom right format, right yeah. Multicam, mm-hmm. yeah yeah multi-cam. Mm-hmm. yeah interesting but I'm yeah but now it's now it's out. on this new network so but you can watch i mean, you can watch all the, the old seasons on netflix but if you want to continue watching it now it's on pop i don't know i don't even know like if every cable carrier has that, I hope mine does. Pop. I would like to continue watching mm-hmm. it. But. Yeah, Pop On Demand yeah. and Pop Go. Yeah, both Pop great. Go. <laughs> great apps. Uh, and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh, flushable wipes are not really flushable. Flushable wipes are not really flushable. No. I think you ask any plumber or anybody who deals with septic stuff, they're like, please do not use these things. Really? Like, because, okay, so like my... Where I work, like they have like a sign in the bathroom now. It was like, like please do not flush these items. Like they're literally like screaming at you. And one of them was like baby wipes. And really, the only difference between baby wipes and flushable wipes is that with flushable wipes, you're wiping your own ass, and nobody's wiping (laughs) with baby wipes. Somebody else is wiping your ass. That's the only difference between flushable wipes and baby wipes. It's the same thing. Product. Yeah. The context. It's just the context. Wiping ass in. And so, and I feel like it's it's totally a big marketing scam because they they know that industry knows that you're not supposed to put that like or flush those, and they they put flushable on it to make you think that it's okay. It's really not okay. Wow. That seems like that should be, we should be able to like do a class action lawsuit. Yeah. Her plumbers <laughs> should be able to do a class action lawsuit. Cause yeah, you hear those stories about just like the uh, water treatment facilities and there's just like giant, like fucking trash gyres of flushable <laughs> wipes and shit. Just like building up in and, the, in the you know, tanks. And I want like, I want to clean ass as much as anybody else, but I, if it's going to mess up somebody's toilet, it could, it could mess up like your friend's toilet. Like if you're at a party and right. you use it, like, you know, that's not great either. That's <laughs> why I, I use it, but then I go out and bury it in the backyard. Wow. That's, how, that's how I treat fl- Put in a fire And then pit. someone's like, yeah. what's with all these weird dug up spots in our <laughs> perfect grass? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back and let's talk about, uh, the primary, the primary, uh, what we need to drop for that at some point. Yeah. Work on it, Miles. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Priming. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. Done. So, 
there is a feud going on between, like a smaller feud between James Carville and Bernie Sanders, but just a larger feud between the uh, military industrial CNN cable news DNC industrial complex and Bernie Sanders just as a candidate. So James Carville was just out here saying, you know, Bernie Sanders is the Democratic Party needs to take a long look at itself. In the mirror. In the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> uh, and Sounds like you somebody's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, because they need to n- figure out if they are a party that is going to like pay attention to electability. And right. he is, of course, using the 90s uh, definition of electability, which is Wall Street-friendly Democrat uh, who is centrist and uninspiring mm. and very careful and not going to alienate anybody. And still fucking over the poor. Right. <laughs> still fucking over the poor, which, which is, is always, very important. And that whole Carville mentality is also sort of like, we know poor people better than poor people do. Right. <laughs> I know the needs of poor people. I have not been poor for a minute for quite a time. Yeah. But, but he's always relying on like consultants and operatives. Like, you know, those, those are the people who really you know, know what's going on. It's a complete, like, it's just a dated way of looking at how the electorate works, like how we're even looking at campaigns and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Sanders was just like, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a political hack and like, I don't, uh, I'm not that worried about what he has to say. Right. And Carville uh, said, you say political hack like it's a bad thing. I kind of <laughs> like it. Which, uh, I feel like it was probably cute back in like the primary colors days when like politics was a game and it was like didn't really we didn't think about the fact that it affected people's lives or at least the mainstream media didn't that I was paying attention to. Uh, and so it was just like, you know, fun that like you had this fun character on Crossfire who was cynical, but like fun about his cynicism. Oh, and then he also said, but at least I'm not a communist. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> uh, at least I'm not a horse face pony soldier. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, why did any? Why did he think anybody was gonna know that reference? Yeah, yeah. But huh. I mean, <laughs> this is a great excuse for any like older person. Like, it's a John Wayne line. Just it's, to say the most racist, yeah, yeah, outlandish like, yeah, shit. I guess it tracks. <laughs> but I mean, he's gonna end up supporting Bloomberg, as is the entire DNC. I like, mean, he was all in for having... Michael Bennett. Right, like what he what? thought he thought that was the the man that shows you to how save the Democratic Party. Yeah, this is how uh, locked in his his uh, electability. Sorry, yeah, yeah. He's going, yeah. Michael Bennett is my guy. It's People seems, were like, who? Yeah, I'm like that guy's same running? with Delaney. Yeah. yeah, it just seems obvious to me that like, yeah, they're they're out of touch with what populism is, right? Mm-hmm. Like they think populism is just like charting your path like as close to the center as possible and it's like no populism is what trump won with that like the you know cable news was not in touch with at all and we're like ah, yeah i'd like to see you try to win on that and then right. he did but his like what he ran on he totally didn't follow through with right and sanders's actual policies and a lot of Elizabeth Warren's policies are the things that actually follow through on those policies. But again, they seem completely 
just incapable of understanding those values. It's just because it's so much like it's fucking polls and focus groups and like using data. Like there, there's it's such a it's it's lost to the humanity aspect of it. But I think like the polls seem to indicate that these things are popular. They just don't want to admit those things are but popular. no but you know what i mean you can but they'll even manipulate like the uh, uh like data to just sort of look at it another way to sort of bolster their points right that's what i'm saying it's yeah. just like you can turn the i guess yeah you can no, always right, turn saying, the I, statistics and what i think is do. like they're just the, the only data sets they use to even figure out what people want is from like just doing this like traditional thing of getting people in a room and taking like well that's what a focus group said so right. that's mu- right. must be what people want and not really like if you know if, if you're organizing more you you hear people talk you sort of get another there's another dimension of what people's realities are yeah. versus what right. people say in a focus group which sometimes is reliable other times people will you know you don't know how people how sincere people are being in a focus group i mean it's reliable to an extent yeah. but i think to solely rely on that or like just think of like well i know every affluent white voter Right. my mind and every affluent white voter is always going to do this and just yeah. be so rigid about it like i know most working class people or poor folks don't want uh too much progressive change yeah. suddenly that's yeah. just like but these are like very old opinions that are just sort of not they're not really you know born out of anything yeah. real and they're not moving the needle on anything they're yeah just right like stay in the same place <laughs> right and they're very informed by you know the fact that they all hang out together, go to the same like parties in Manhattan, and you know they like hey, not Carville. Yeah, well, yeah, Carville <laughs> down down in the swamp. I'm playing on an old uh, jug band <laughs> <laughs> with my toad friends. Yeah. <laughs> Triple X jug. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I just he's such a character. Such it's a- so weird, even though he, the, like his. He's completely fallen off, like yeah. in terms of like being able to like listen to snake. what he says. <laughs> but yeah, that Kate McKinnon version and just sub- even himself, the way yeah. he talks, mm-hmm. I just I can't get enough. Yeah, Bill Hader's <laughs> uh, impression of him. Oh my god, is one of the funniest damn things. <laughs> and uh, to- it was so funny that it took completely replaced in my mind any real version of him. Let's talk about just how the DNC Democrats in general are dealing with the fact that. The first uh, act of the primary was a complete fucking mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa did not go well. Uh, the Associated Press, as of this recording, still hasn't called the contest uh, because of the discrepancies. Um, as soon as they started doing counts that looked good for Sanders, the Tom Perez was like, okay, I, we need to re-canvas. This is, we, enough is enough. I don't think it was actually out of that, though. It was I, because yeah, I think there it was just, such a mess. Yeah. That, it just like, seemed coincidental to We me. also need to toss out any process that involves a coin flip. Like, yeah. When I remember that, I was like, wait, we do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I guess uh, yeah, let's flip this coin to decide what the outcome is of this. Of, uh, <laughs> Should we do to start the Super Bowl to figure out what team, the, the direction yeah. you're going? Okay, no. what delegates are getting? <laughs> Uh oh, um, yeah. I think you know when you look at everything, like from the disastrous app to like the phone lines being jammed. Like some people were saying, like a bunch of Trump supporters were also jamming the phone lines oh, too to make it even more difficult for the results to be called. Or the in. person that like hung up in the middle of the call, yeah, or like that. yeah. I mean, so so far, the only person who's truly taken a, an L here is Troy Price, the guy who's the head of the Democratic Party in Iowa, who came out that day. Oh, yeah. Who I, had knew to, they, I knew he was sacrificial oh. lamb when, he, when they just 
sent his ass out there yeah. as the face of the failure. Oh, yeah. He had the perfect face for it. He just looked like a frustrated, befuddled. Yeah. And he looked fucking, it looked like he was in a bad place. Yeah. Like he was just like, God. Ah, he was squinting a lot. Yeah. Like, and having to go out there and be like, what are the results? The results are that we'll give you half the results in a few hours. <laughs> right. What? Uh, okay. Oh, uh, great. And so he's resigned. Um, and, you know, I don't really have much of an opinion on that, but I do feel like Tom Perez, who's the head of the DNC, actually needs to account for some of this, like, in a very meaningful way, if oh, not yeah. resign himself. He needs to go. I mean, he's been the leader of the the DNC for three years now, and all we've seen during this primary season is just messy bullshit, rules being changed to accommodate Mike Bloomberg. You know, there's... There needs to be some kind of fresh blood in there because, I mean, and this is this is the hard part, right? It's so entrenched and intertwined with, like, the big donor class that before this, Keith Ellison was also, uh, you know, possibly going to be the head of the DNC. But it sort of became a proxy war between the Clinton-Obama wing of the, the party and the more left wing um, who was backing Ellison. And ultimately, Perez won. Uh, because the money, like, you know, they they just didn't want to take a chance on going too progressive too left, yeah. because then that means they're like, well, we can't scare off this this money th yeah. pose that just keeps blasting us. Um, and, you know, the Congressional Black Caucus also wants answers from Perez. Also, they, they wrote a letter demanding he take some responsibility. They wrote... Uh, quote, as chairman of the Democratic National Committee, you bear some responsibility for what happened in Iowa and for the consequences. Uh, and then they later went on to say that it's un unacceptable problems uh, that happened in, in Iowa. And it, quote, undermined public confidence in the primary process, which is absolutely has. And yeah. it only adding to the fracturing within the party, because the second the results come in weird, contested, that immediately allows all the campaigns to start fucking, cons you know, thinking up ideas of who's who's plotting against me, right. what the fuck's yeah. going on pointing exactly. fingers it sows doubt in like voters minds yeah like they just think like oh another trump is gonna happen. it's just bad right. it's just bad across together. the yeah. board to have yeah. something 100%. like this when you just want if you just need the process to be clean i go in i say who i want then i get the results not this weird math fucking up the formulas then having to re-canvas and it's it's just it it it's really taking a lot of momentum out of the party trying to go into november um but you know, the other thing is just sort of like the way the DNC has been operating. They're just not interested. They're just interested in maintaining the power they have. They're not that like real power grab, like to take more power back isn't really in the DNA of the DNC um, at the moment. And that's that's why we're going to lose elections, because it's uninspired. It's just sort of like, well, let's maintain. It's not like right. let's fucking let's do something more. It's like, no, let's let's maintain this shit. And you know, what's really wild about this is BuzzFeed reported that the DNC had secretly, they, there was like a, you know, golden parachute escape package right. for Tom Perez and his two oh, top, like, lieutenants. <laughs> and then once the story got out, uh, they were like, oh, yeah, never mind. So it's right. like, so Perez, oh, you guys have a problem with that? Yeah. Oh. Right. Um, but that just shows you, like, yeah. they were looking at, like, well, you know, if shit goes south, like, at least I'm taken care of right. when right. I get yeah. out of here. And like, that's no, see, that's, that, that's like that's every too. CEO of like any right. company that's fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that just needs to go away. Period. Let me like, cash that. smoke bomb myself out of yeah. here. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Got wild, the bag. Man. It's yeah. wild. Uh, all right. Trump uh, has added a new group that he is discriminating against. And it is short Kings. Mm -hmm. uh, like Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Michael Savage, 
Uh, no, no, well, he's not going after Michael Savage. No, like, but he's alienating. Well, uh, Michael Savage it, is a short king. Is he? I think so. Isn't that what he's saying? No, 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 no. He's just um, saying. It's so, a- I mean, Trump loves to go after people's height and just right. in generally people yeah. things that Any people can't control. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> right. That's his favorite yeah. thing to do. You know, right. he did it with Marco Rubio. Uh, in the Little primary, Marco, yeah. Then he did it with Bob Corker, but he did it with two Ds to make it more colloquial. Oh, really? When he was like little Bob Corker <laughs> with two Ds. Um, right. And now Bloomberg, uh, which I think he said, what did, what was he calling him? Like a 5'4 five five dead energy? A 5'4 massive dead energy. <laughs> They're getting like real. I feel like they have people writing, writing their that. insults for yeah. them because a 5'4 massive dead energy is a lot more... Uh, I don't know, descriptive and more sophisticated so, than what yeah. I'm sophisticated, used to hear. Yeah, <laughs> he seems to have a like when he speaks out loud and in person, he seems to have a 100 word vocabulary. Yeah, I feel like uh, he has a writer's just, room just for his insults. At right. Well, the, the definitely the room's improving yeah. based yeah. on this one. Then uh, Michael Bloomberg was like, "You're a carnival barking clown." Like, yeah, it's it, like which, all right, yeah. It just seemed like a, a very wor- wordy and overwritten. Yeah. Like the, yeah. Well, he's claiming five four, uh, but uh, Bloomy has a doctor's note that said he's five seven. That's okay. So weird. get the record oh, straight. Okay. Um, but yeah, so Michael Savage, who's you know one of the president's rah rah radio personality, likes to you know get get the president's back. Dude, this he, guy is he does poisonous. not like it. Um, he says it's a bad move because maybe racism. So what he said is what? stop the, to tr- talking about Trump. He says stop attacking Bloomberg's height. This is what he tweeted. Quote, it's a losing position, and millions of Hispanic immigrants vote. Oh, Many are Christ. shorter than Bloomberg. Okay. That's way <laughs> that's way worse than him being short. No. He, his take is... He took it to a whole other yeah, level. You're going to lose the Hispanic vote by talk because they're all short. So if you talk about him being short, that will turn them off because that's, that's, that, that's, that's the okay. problem. That's what's going to okay. turn them off. Mm-hmm. On the other that's hand, the, okay. I, my, my instincts were not totally wrong. Guess how tall Michael Savage is? Five seven? Five foot four. Oh, <laughs> oh this is coming from a personal plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he so then he used he racism as a smokescreen for his own ego. Yes. Right. He's like, because I'm fine with my height. Right. I'm fine. But they might not be. Yeah, because the, the I'm not the strategy here is really not clear. It's a losing I'm saying his your racism is a losing position. His show Or maybe it's a winning position. I used to like sadly. hear his show just like ambiently in Missouri when I lived there. And it is the most poisonous, like straightforward, like just makes Rush Limbaugh seem like he's Mark Marin. Like just yeah. Whoa. Next level shit. I mean, I've only heard clips, but yeah, I've, I didn't didn't grow up lis- listening to him like you. So I didn't grow up listening. To him. <laughs> this, was, yeah. this was like ten years you. ago yeah, when yeah, I yeah. lived there with my wife. We uh, didn't, or like it would be on just randomly on like any place you were in. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> and his voice is very strange, so you would just it stands out, and then you listen to what he's saying, and it's it is hateful. Yeah, well, I mean, look at his take here. Uh, just. And then also like on like Reddit, people were like being like, yeah, this is stupid. Trump's talking about short people. There's like a whole short incels, like short cells subreddit. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> but then they were even talking about like, is Bloomberg even short enough to be like in the short person conversation? It, it's it's caused all kinds of talk amongst right. uh, the, the world. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I think also just again with for Trump, uh, 
sort of reinforcing this like toxic stereotype that you have to be large of stature to be a leader or someone yeah uh, is this is ridiculous also coming from somebody who wears lifts to get <laughs> taller sir Trump does yes is that fully factual because i look, thought he was isn't he six one like custom orthotic no look at there there are pictures of him or is he like will smith six one where he's actually like five ten but like because he's famous he gets to make up his height uh no, I mean he's said in his like uh, like physical he's like six two or three, isn't he? Okay. Um, but wow. when you look at him, there's plenty of photos standing next to people who are six one. Yeah, and he is the same height, sometimes shorter. Than right. Them. So right. And then the, a lot of the times they say when you see him walk like have this weird posture where he's leaning forward it's right. because of his heeled shoes. Right. Okay. Um. But again, but he but tr- don't yeah. ask Trump about his height. Baby. I don't he's think fine. he's. Sure. I, I do think there there are fam- like every famous person you see in Hollywood is shorter than they yeah. are presented to you in the public. Right. Well, because yeah. that's just sort of the stereotype that they like to reinforce. Right. It's like you can't be five seven and tough. Yeah. You Liam Neeson, six feet. five foot three. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's actually tall. Like they're tall ones, but. Uh, no, but it's just, but it, it it shows that his insecurity around height and how much that matters to Trump yeah. too, because when he meets other leaders, he likes to put on his big boy shoes. Oh, right, and like to, just, to try and tower over them. Literally, likes to like f- just pull them around like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. Like that's he's he's a, he's a simple man with simple pleasures. <laughs> uh, let's talk about just another way that the Trump administration has taken everything that was historically uh, corrupt about the Nixon administration and just been like, that's that's nothing. Yeah, we can turn that the, <laughs> all the way up. Shit. So the Saturday Night Massacre was when Nixon started firing people who were uh, part of the Watergate investigation and part of, like, you know, making it hot for him. And Trump got acquitted for doing things that were far worse than Watergate. Uh, and now he is just doing a long, slow-motion, fully public Saturday Night Massacre where he's just firing and punishing uh, anybody who had anything to do with, you know, pissing him off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, you know, there's Jessie Liu, who actually just resigned. Um, She was working at DOJ and was looking, like, you know, she was handpicked, I believe, by Trump to look into the actions of, former FBI director Andrew McCabe. And then, uh, you know, she was suddenly like off the, uh, she was like off a lot of these cases out of nowhere. Right. Um, because she also said like in her, in her investigations, like not, nah, there's nothing untoward that happened with Andrew McCabe. Um, then she's taken off these cases. Like she was also in charge of like Stone, uh, Roger Stone's case, Flynn's case. Uh, the day she was kicked off those cases, DOJ recommended that Flynn get minimum jail t- minimal jail time. Okay. Because before that she was like leading the charge against him. Yeah. Um but they're like it's all good because actually we're we're actually the reason she's off those is we're shifting her to treasury, to the <laughs> treasury department <laughs> so she could be an undersecretary that, you know, handles terrorism and financial crimes. I mean, and that is like, still a big job. Yeah, that's a yeah. huge job. But wait, no, because right after Trump pulled her nomination and was like, no, that's not happening. So she resigned. She's like, this is an absolute like this is what they want. You know what I mean? Like that's how this is how the punishments are happening. The other thing came from Elaine McCusker, who showed up a lot during the impeachment investigation um, because she was at the Pentagon and she was like directly interacting with people in the White House. Like when they were saying to hold up shit, she was like 
I'm speechless was like, was one of her like responses to them, like holding up the aid, like, cause she was basically trying to make sure no one breaks the law. Right. She's like, we can't do this. This is not right. And told him that was told that, that she has to. So she was um, basically up for the comptroller and chief financial officer position at the Pentagon. Again, the White House is going to probably pull her nomination yeah. to do mm-hmm. that so, also. Everybody was up for all of these things. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what were they up for? Pull it. Pull yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just, you know, all the, you know, retribution retaliation is playing out. I mean, we talked about Vindman and other people as well who have been uh, unceremoniously kicked out. Um, and he was even asking like, well, maybe the military will punish him. I don't know. Uh, it's, I mean, it's full on authoritarian. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, if he, could, yeah. If, if he could get a firing squad, he would probably. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, <laughs> he'd probably create some like weird like jail island, like a new Australia, yeah, a penal so colony. Who was saying like, oh, we didn't fire Vimmin because of that? We're not like some sort of third world banana republic. It was like somebody who works in the Trump administration, sure, sure. whose name you recognize, and it's like, yeah, you, wait, do you not realize you are yeah, part of that? That's like, directly yeah. retaliating. You are doing that exact thing. But I guess the cognitive dissonance over there is just so intense that it's yeah. just basically like they're haters, literally over there. Like yeah. you're pointing to yep. the White House that's out right. the window. Um, <laughs> that they're just haters, and that's that's like, well, we got to get rid of them because they're haters. It's not because right. we're looking at it objectively where they followed like a subpoena and honored the law Law, and did what their duty was because they are you know they have a duty to the constitution the country but no no he doesn't want people who follow the law that's yeah and that's what's scary is like eventually as these people leave or resign it's like there's just going to be more shit heels installed in these positions and the full i mean it's already i mean with with bill barrett the head of the doj like it's already pretty much there um so it's Hey, you, you, you hate to see it. You really fucking do. It's really disheartening. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the coronavirus. So one thing that I just wanted to say out front, because I think this is something that I is definitely something I had been researching and I might have even said it like just trying to compare it to the flu, to influenza, in terms of how deadly it is to, like, if you catch it, essentially, like, on a one-to-one basis. I was very curious about that. And the answer is basically, we don't know. But uh, there were a lot of articles in the, I, I think it was probably, like, a week or a week and a half ago that were, like, don't worry so much about this. It's just a sensationalist story. Uh, it's no more deadly than the common flu. And if you live in America, flu, the flu is more of a danger to you. And that's actually like a very dangerous thing in general to do because it, it's just like apples and oranges. Uh, the coronavirus is something that we don't understand at all yet. And it's spreading really fast and we have nothing to combat it. Uh, so that's, uh, so somebody wrote an article where they were like, yeah, that's not, you can't compare the two because it's, it's a whole other thing. And this is like their outbreaks of new pathogens is its own issue. And in fact, world health organization funding has been cut for that recently. 
And so we're underprepared, which is leading to this being a bigger problem than it needed to be. That's what I was going to say. Like I used to work for literally around the corner from here, the American Public Health Association. And like this was before the Trump administration. And we always talked about how like chronically underfunded like public health programs are like across the nation. And so now you have this outbreak that's happening. And I'm just like, do we... Do any of our local public health departments even have the resources? Like they didn't have the resources when I was working there. And I was there from like 2012, 2016. So I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, on a state level or local level, you know, if you have one of these outbreaks happening in your Right. Yeah. Especially with like these proposed budget cuts too for like health and like the CDC. It's like, yeah, in the middle of a global health crisis. Oh, really smart. Yeah. Uh, And I think the other thing too is like, it's, you know, they're, the approaches that they're using are kind of like old school, like quarantining and things like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, that's what we've got. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like from the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Just like put people on a, yeah. on a ship. Right, exactly. And I think, too, that the what happens when it gets to some of the surrounding countries like Myanmar or like the Philippines and places right. like that yeah. who do not have robust health systems and what what are their resources to handle right. something like that there as well right. so that's where there's there's so many moving pieces to this that are just absolutely you know they, they can be a little unnerving yeah i mean the article was pointing out that this outbreak has grown from 282 on january 21st when we first started talking about it on the show to 31,211 on February 7th when that article that was making the point like this is too dangerous, you can't compare it to the flu. And currently there's 64,000 a week later. So it went from, it's just growing exponentially. I mean, that's what, like this is... Well, recently what going though, viral means right. Yeah, recently though too, they they, they did broaden the, like the sort of diagnosis yeah uh, checklist to really make sure they were like as safe as possible. But yeah, I mean, but that's what you need to do if you're really trying to sort of get get control of this. Yeah, thing. And wasn't having... there like a like a wide like a pretty much like a disinformation campaign in China? Like they were basically trying to hide the fact that this was even. Yeah, a so thing. that's something that's kind of scary. There's so there was this doctor, a 34 year old doctor in China, who was one of the first people to spread news about the illness back in December 30th. He was like, "This is really bad. We don't know what it is, and it's like very contagious." It's, uh, being passed from person to person, uh, we thought you could only get it from like an animal, Birds basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it got back to the government. They called him in and made him sign a letter that said he was guilty of rumor mongering. Uh, and then he died of the disease, uh, or quote of the disease, depending on your perspective. But um, there's also all these people who have had. You know, videos go vi- like go viral. Like that's a bad way of putting it. Of you know, China doing like really drastic things to try and cut down on the outbreak and you know quarantining people. And you know, they've just taken videos on their phone, and those Didn't videos build, have like, gone viral. Hospital too, yeah, something like from the ground up. I forget. And those people are now disappearing. <sighs> the people who are like getting the word out, and people are you know. In a situation like this, that's something to consider. In a situation where there's a viral outbreak, it gives the like an authoritarian government that doesn't actually, you know, that is has dark uh, motivations. It gives them cover to be like, no, we just quarantined those people. 
Yeah, they're in quarantine. That's like they can just do whatever. Like China can already do whatever the fuck they want, but like this gives them extra, you know, in the chaos of a viral outbreak, it gives you extra cover to just treat your citizens however you want to. So, yeah, it's really scary. And like you said, the surrounding countries that don't have the infrastructure that China has, uh, it's pretty, we just need to pay attention for and like help them as much as we can as as this continues to develop i yeah. think or wilbur ross is probably there being like it's but it's pretty good for the world for american competition yeah because it has started to actually take uh like disrupt (laughs) things like because you know the china is the second largest economy in the world they're like vital to the supply chains of nearly every industry yeah and that's also caused a lot of issues their losses are gain because suddenly we'll revive the industry the manufacturing sector here uh, global tourism has taken a $80 billion hit and Oof. it will take a, a year to rebound from the effects of the coronavirus outbreak, just like to this point. Like, not, you know, that's assuming that it just went away right now. Also, I don't even know if it's even worth it. To, like, cruise ships are already a bastion for disease. Yeah. Bef- like, before the coronavirus. The, cru- <laughs> the cruise industry is taking a massive yeah. hit. Like, there, there are probably going to be some companies that go under just because, yeah, people already were worried about getting sick on cruise ships. And now, also, wealthy people are no longer flying commercial. So that's it's good to know as I'm about to get on a plane, <laughs> as we're all about to get on a plane, yeah, the, well. the rich are like... <laughs> You you are flying commercial. Oh, you trying to get sick? Um, that's my impression of rich people, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyways, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, let's just run through a couple quick stories. Uh, there is. An engagement ring that is made of Crystal Pepsi. Uh, is this picture real, Miles? This is a real picture. This is the oh. Crystal Pepsi engagement ring. Okay, there started a they started like a competition last week where you could have the opportunity to have your perfect proposal uh, and win this engagement ring, which has a one and a half carat lab grown diamond made alternative out, diamond. yes well you know it's lab grown baby so it's not like a it's you know it's made in a lab it's not you know a conflict diamond or something um or mined um and it's made out of real crystal pepsi and i'm like what the fuck what? does that even mean yeah. apparently what they do is they take legit crystal pepsi they boil it down to its like most basic or just reduce it to its most basic carbon form and then they turn that to a powder then that's added to the process when they're lab growing the diamond, which is using like a bit of natural diamond and carbon and heat and pressure. It's, I don't know, but somehow it has crystal Pepsi infused in it. It's not like if you lick it, you're going to be like, oh. I honestly thought it was like a rock candy ring. I was hoping to. Like the stuff you make when you're This thing is blinging, baby. (laughs) It Um, looked like a real, it looks like a real diamond. I mean, it absolutely is. is, Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 It's just the process is different of how it, it arrives there. Um, so how like they're, you know, you can get into it. They want people to like uh, submit their proposal ideas and the more out there it is, like you might get blessed with this ring. Now I'm not sure what the result will be if you get on one knee 
and you open a box with a Crystal Pepsi logo on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the box. There's <laughs> like, a, it's a white ring box. It's a white ring box, and when you open it. The surprise is that under the lid, there is obviously the ring, but then above that, the Crystal Pepsi logo. Honestly, I'm not sh- I feel like the response you'd get from proposing with that is fuck no. Yeah. Right. Um, but I don't know. I mean, unless like your relationship is based on a shared love of Crystal Pepsi, yeah. then, I, yeah. then maybe this also, is for you. Please record that for us so we can watch oh, it. So God. it can go viral. Because <laughs> I want to see somebody react I would to love that. for the person who wins that when they when they put all this money in this promo that the person says no. Right. <laughs> and like says like, this is absurd. This is like your love is effervescent. <laughs> they have like, right now Ooh. playing behind them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that, but I love Crystal Is Pepsi. That was such a fun song? time. Yeah, those those were the days. Those were the days. Was when, that when like the Michael Jackson Dangerous album came out? I feel like Crystal, I I associate those times like the. I thought Crystal Pepsi was like a couple years after Dangerous came. Out. Dangerous was ninety one, right? Okay. But I thought Crystal Pepsi was maybe like Crystal Pepsi. Uh, or am I thinking of Zima? <laughs> 94. Wait, wait, no. It was discontinued in 94. It discontinued. Debuted in 92. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, that, it was. It is About the same dangerous. time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I remember those times very fondly. Dayton, Ohio. Shout out to Dayton, Ohio. That's where I live. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Robert Pattinson. As the Batman. He, you know, a lot of people were like, what the fuck? Is he going to, the guy from Twilight? <laughs> yeah, that's, y'all Which need to like, see Good Time. Yeah. Also Watch just Good like, Time. It's called acting. Right. You know, that's, he's not a affected vampire. But if you haven't <laughs> seen him in anything other than that, I could see people yeah, could being, because yeah. he's like real, like kind of scrawny he's and like a, oh, moody and like, oh, I'm so I'm anemic. conflicted <laughs> about, uh, but He's he's a really good actor now. And uh, there's yeah, there was a screen test footage that came out of him in the suit in a red light. Yeah, and yeah. like they showed a little bit of the new logo in a photography room. Yeah, uh, yeah, like development room with the red light. Right. Uh, th- I mean, he looks like that Batman. fucking chin, bro. Yeah, the chin is making it work. <laughs> now you can't have a weak chin with that suit. He was no, no, recently rated like with like a bunch of mathematic equations mm-hmm. like drawn onto a photograph of him. He was rated as like the most symmetrically beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Does like his he doesn't have lips, like he or he like <laughs> barely has lips. He has very thin mm-hmm. little lips. That's something that I Let me look think is Let's, not a good thing. I mean, I, I don't want to base it off of this photo. I, I see it in this photo. Let me look at some more. They're, yeah. they're there. They're I mean, they're not like, like Kenneth Branagh lips, right. no lips. But they're just like... They're receding in some photos. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> the top lip could use some love. Right. Yeah. Um, is that? But like, is that just not a thing people care about in Well, clearly, men? you like a full-lipped Batman. I like a full-lipped... <laughs> You like I like you a full lip human. You want a Michael Keaton full lip? Yeah. 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 Does Michael Keaton have good lips? I just I, notice I lips when they're not there. Bold. I don't notice. Like, oh, I, so it's more like a threshold it has to reach. Yeah, he has good lips. Michael yeah, Keaton. Does. Look at Keaton's yeah, lips. Yeah, his are yeah. pretty full. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he looks like he injects. Okay. Like, I know yeah. he does it because right. I don't know a lot of dude actors who do that. But I mean, I don't know. That's not like that different. Mm. Comparatively, yeah. 
That, I don't know. That top lip isn't. I'm a. He's not turning heads with I that pay, top lip. I notice lips and eyebrows. I think more than most people do. <laughs> those, are, those are things I pay attention. Well, then to. do not look at Michael Keaton's eyebrows now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> avoid like all the way the, up yeah. to his <laughs> hairline. Surprised. Burn them off yeah. in a grill. Accent. You look surprised, <laughs> yeah. Michael. Uh, no, I just threw them on too high again. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. I mean, I, I this will be. I, I'm really interested in this cast uh, that they have for this. But yeah, the only time we'll tell like what the voice is gonna be like, cause that that's oh, like one of the yeah. main things. It's like right. what, when you put the suit on, what how gravelly do you get? Yeah, that is he gonna be, be like, hey, I'm Batman. What's up, dude? <laughs> hey, don't, be, don't be alarmed, guys. I'm just a cool guy like everybody else. I might be a billionaire. Um, I thought Affleck had a good Batman voice. Like Affleck was a fine Batman. He was just in bad Batman movies. Like he, I just didn't. I yeah. I, well, it didn't like he just like felt like a fine choice. I watched Batman, Batman versus Superman and I fell asleep immediately. <laughs> it and was I wasn't even so, high or nothing. It was so bad. It was weird. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have a. I never had a problem. It just, it just didn't capture my interest. And right. almost like Ben Affleck as Batman just felt like okay, that kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. At least boring. with Robert Pattinson, I'm like, what's what is this guy gonna do? With yeah. Him? So maybe there's that advantage for this I mean, for me. But yeah, who knows? when I we put like actory actors in as Batman, that usually works out pretty well. Because Christian right. Bale was like, he was totally overqualified to be Batman. But people, some people hate his voice. People hated the Bale voice. I just, I just rewatched. I think it was the third uh, Batman or Dark Knight Rises, and his voice jumps out at you. You're like, wait, that's kind of what weird. the fuck, bro? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like that's kind of what I would do if I was like joking, like, right? But he, you know, he's like making strong bro, choices. Like a frat bro, Batman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, like like a cartoon dog or something. It's like right, that really what? is McGruff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, that was all Bane had to do was say, "All right, McGruff." Like McGruff, like, yeah. And then Bane the was like, "I'm going to take a inside the actor's studio approach with my character choice." Yeah, Bane is great. Bane <laughs> going from Ledger's Joker to Bane, like th- those are two great villains right in a row. Nailed you love it. Bane, huh? Ah, oh, Bane, what a performance! Such great uh, acting without the mouth from Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. He's truly. Does not want us to see his mouth when he acts. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then finally, we talked months ago, uh, I think back in September, about the fact that uh, there was this movie from Damon Lindelof coming out called The Hunt. Uh, Damon Lindelof, who has since this story uh, just completely crushed his reboot of The Watchmen uh, or of Watchmen. What is it? Watchmen. Just, just Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah. Like this called. I called it called the discman, uh, the discman, a discman. Last I thought night. you were just doing a bit. I, I, I liked I, it. I noticed people were like reacting weirdly in Brooklyn. Heads were turning in the audience. Like, yeah. What the fuck did he say? Did you say discman? <laughs> uh, of the yeah. Anyways, so that movie has been uncanceled. Wait, it was a thing. It was just a weird, like dark fantasy of. It's a it so the way that the story was released back in September described it as a movie about liberals hunting uh quote deplorables. Mm. And that that does sound controversial. Yes. And like the sort of thing that I don't know. It would be interesting to see Hollywood making that point since uh Hollywood not always great at uh dramatizing people who 
don't share their political views. I, I'd be interested to see. Uh, well, because in that one, the deplorables are the heroes, right? Right. Who have to fight back against? Right. Right. That that that's what you would assume. Uh, but apparently, so they're re-releasing it and like leaning on how controversial it is. They're calling it on this poster the most talked about movie of the year is one nobody's seen yet. Jesus. Uh, and they have all these quotes like, but it's trying provoking. to... Yeah, it's <laughs> trying to destroy our culture. Uh, but it's actually apparently not what we thought. It's apparently not really politically partisan. It's more about a conspiracy theory that gets away from people. Uh, like a rich lady texts her friend something joking about like how... They should hunt deplorables. And then there's like a QAnon conspiracy that gets going about like based on that text. And then it like just run gets away from them. It's like a game of telephone. Yeah, it's oh, a game of telephone so that then turns into like actually people being hunted oh, somehow. God. Oh, so it's not just more like an elevated version of uh, The Quiet Place. Right. Or, is that what that movie was? The, Which Chris, one? What's the Krasinski one? Yeah, the quiet place. Yeah, yeah, where that one was sort of like was a little more vague, but maybe being like, "Don't raise your voice, because then the spooky people get you." <laughs> this one is like, "Yeah, man, the elites are hunting the deplorables." Yeah. Right. But I like that it's so it's taking this sort of more. I thought it was just aggressively like those are the stakes. Right. It's a world where rich people are hunting working people for a sport. Yeah, I mean they've made that movie before, Surviving the Game with Ice T, uh, right? Hard Target with yeah. John Club Van Dam, or just having a job here in this country, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently, yeah, it's just it, it's not what we all thought it was. Um, and it, I'll be interested because now Damon Lindelof, I, I liked season two of Leftovers quite a bit, and then now Watchmen. Is uh really made me think he's he's kind of a genius. So I'll be interested to see what he what he comes with. But yeah, I mean, it seems I don't know. I, I need to see like a trailer to kind of understand how it's being presented. They just did a trailer, so we oh, can watch they? that and uh, get back to you guys. All right. Well, this has been so much fun, Natalie. Uh, where can people find you? Follow you. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Natalie S. McGill. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Hoot Holler Snap, H O O T H O O H O L L E R S N A P. My original Twitter handle was at Little Night Owl. That is why there was <laughs> owl, owl references and stuff. Ah. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, um, is that a Watchman? N- no, actually. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just, I like to stay up really late. So that oh, was okay. why. I went with that initially, but then I had to change it to my name. Um, then, uh, and my website is nataliemcgill.com. Uh, and also, uh, I am a correspondent, uh, on-air correspondent and writer for the show Redacted Tonight. So if you want to catch me there, uh, you can catch it at youtube.com slash Redacted Tonight. And we have free tapings in D.C. If you oh. are in D.C. and would like to see me perform live or at least a video of me, <laughs> that <Yeah>. is... <laughs> <laughs> you can check uh, tickets out at leecamp.com slash RSVP. And they're free. So. All right. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Uh, so uh, this tweet is from a New York comedian named Caitlin Reese, a really hilarious comic. Uh, I met, uh, it's like late last year, um, and I've seen a cu- on a couple of visits since I've been up there. And she, uh, her handle is at the Caitlin Reese. And on February 12th, she wrote, it's okay to be alone on Valentine's Day, 
but get your shit together for President's Day. Hmm. My only form of patriotism is chanting USA mid-coitus. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, I highly enjoy that. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray, and also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, for any 90-day Fiance fans out there, because the show is a beautiful mess. Uh, <laughs> some tweets I like uh, from Reductress again. This one says, woman sniffing every candle in store for sense of control. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was I, I like I like scented candles. You know what I mean? Sometimes oh, yeah. I'll find myself in a place where there are candles, and I do notice there are people who just have to know every single one. Mm-hmm. You got to. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Take your control. Sniff every candle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple tweets I've been enjoying. Anna Dresden, former reductress writer, former crack writer, now SNL writer, uh, tweeted, You know Joker is crazy because he paints his tongue! Three exclamation points. And then <laughs> Danielle Radford tweeted, The devil works hard, but Josh Gad's management works harder. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on Uh This one is a little more instrumental hip-hop for people. This is from Flow Fills, F-L-O-F-I-L-Z. It's called Blue Orchard. Again, great, great music just to vibe out to. No lyrics, just nice jazzy sample based beats for oh you to that's not to so coincidental I love great music <laughs> oh dude. that's like my favorite you kind. should hang out sometimes yeah uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for today we will be back this afternoon to tell you what is trending I hope you guys have a great long weekend uh, Toronto Minneapolis Chicago. We're coming to you. Prepare Buy yourself. some tickets. Prepare yourself. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. This is a really fun show. Yeah. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.